Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hello, my name is Father Michael Mark Antonio. I want to welcome you back to OTV Shorts on the Battlefield Shorts, uh, which is, of course, our audiovisual uh, supplement to the podcast, which is which is biweekly, every two weeks on the Battlefield over Anchor FM, uh, as well as over Google and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on social media on the Battlefield Podcast, and of course the OTV Shorts every on the non-podcast weeks over YouTube and Rumble and audio only on uh, over Anchor. And this is where we want to go ahead and just kind of have a little bit more of an informal look at some of the things to consider and some of the adjacent material that we're thinking about in trying to prep the, uh, the show. So if you enjoy what you see here and you enjoy what you see in the podcast, do please share and like all of this. So what I wanted to talk to us about today is this thing that happens within the scriptures where Christ says that a servant is not greater than his master. Uh, and this is something that gets overlooked, or if it gets looked at, it gets looked at very myopically. So typically, when I've seen people look at this idea that a servant is not greater than his master, we're looking at this in a position to where it sort of props us up a little bit. Typically, as Christians, we're on the lookout and we say, well, if Christ was with, was mistreated, then we'll be mistreated. Or if Christ was, uh, was dealt with unfairly by the world at large or unfairly by those closest to him or whatever else, then it's not strange for us to expect the same. And that's not entirely untrue. There is, of course, a great shade of that throughout the scriptures. I mean, even Christ said it himself, that if they rejected me, they will reject you. If they had accepted me, they would accept you. And he makes a one-to-one -one connection between not only himself, but both those who he sends and the Father who sends him. So he says that he who receives me, this is Christ speaking, he who receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. But he also says to the apostles, he received, who receives you receives me. And so there is this line of continuity to accept, to accept the gospel, to accept the body of Christ is to accept Christ. To accept Christ is to accept the Father. And of course, the Holy Trinity being one, one cannot accept part of the Trinity without being in communion with the whole Trinity. So what are we getting at? What we're getting at here is that this common way that we look at not being greater than the master, not being above the same faith that uh, the one we serve shares, is partially true. However, I think the big problem is we absolutize. We look at that and we take that as the only shade and we run with it. But the problem there is that we're not always the good guy in the story. We're not always doing the right thing. And James's epistle says that that which overcomes a man, the sin that overcomes a man, masters him. So you can have a master that's not Christ. And Christ is the one who says you cannot serve two masters. So let's look very quickly at that. So what does it look like to have a master that's not Christ? Well, it looks like saying, I couldn't help myself. Uh, you know, I, I was just overcome by anger. Uh, I was just overcome by temptation. Uh, I went somewhere online I shouldn't have gone. I 
couldn't help myself, or I couldn't help myself with spending, or uh, perhaps being dishonest. In any of these many ways that we look and say that sin is somehow overcoming us, in those moments, it's, it's our master. And a servant is not greater than his master. We're looking when we, you know, when, when God speaks to Cain before Cain commits the world's first murder, you know, God says to Cain that sin is a robles, a crouching demon, and its desire is to rule over you, but you can overcome him if you wish. And he doesn't. So the history of sin with human beings is that you have an illegitimate spiritual force that we voluntarily allow to take control not only of our world but of our lives. And so the task of repentance isn't so much just uh, isn't so much just saying, "Oops, I did it again. I messed up." I shouldn't have done this thing, but I did it. And God says, stop doing the thing. And you're going to say, I'm going to stop doing it. And then you keep doing it. That's just the bare surface level at best. The, the real story of repentance is we are allowing ourselves to be mastered by these illegitimate, malignant spiritual forces. And God is providing us a means here in this life, in time, to where we can cut those ties and put ourselves where we ought to be, and that is under the Lordship of Christ. To have Christ as our master, to have the one who is eternal life and joy and blitz and goodness as the head of our body and as our head and the master uh, about whom it might be said, not only are we not greater than, but to receive you is to receive him. Because if we've let sin be our master, then is it any mistake, is it, is it any surprise that when people meet us, they encounter something other than Christ? They meet someone who is angry, someone who is dishonest, someone who is unreliable, someone who is less than kind. And then we all say, well, but I'm a Christian. Well, okay, well, but again, what is mastering your life? And what are people encountering? Because to receive you is to receive your master. So genuine repentance takes that, that, that uncompromising, bold, fearless, searching moral accountability of ourselves and says, what is truly mastering my life? And chances are we're going to find there's a lot of ego mastering my life. And there's a lot of self-aggrandizement. And there's a lot of... Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of self-satisfaction. There's a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness. And the good news is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that Christ, who is coming, who has come and is coming, and who dwells within us as the church, has given us a simple means by which we can set that ship right at any moment as often as possible. We come to him, and we ought to come to him in our prayers. We ought to come to him through the prayers of the church, the reading of the Psalms. When we have a private moment of repentance, the reading of the 50th Psalm, 51, if you're using the, uh, the Western numbering, 50 if you're using the Septuagint numbering. David's Psalm of Repentance, where he, says, uh, where, he say, where he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your great goodness, according to the multitude of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Those are good things to keep in the mind. And then prepare 
to come before Christ himself in the icon at holy confession and be formally reconciled to him, to his body, and to one another. And so, my brothers and sisters, it is very truly said, we are not greater than the one we serve. And if we're being rigorously honest with ourselves, we ought to take a look at who we're actually serving. And if we are rigorously honest and we see that we're not serving whom we should, come to Christ in confession, be in touch with your priest, ask to confess your sins, and then right that ship and ask for Christ, Christ for the grace to win those battles a little bit better. Because when God tells when God tells Cain that sin is a crouching demon who desires to overtake him, he also says you can overcome him if you wish. And that is also true for us. Sin crouches, it lies in wait, but by God's grace we can overcome it if we wish. May the Holy Trinity bless and protect you always, and we'll see you next time on the battlefield.